Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PBI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today we're going to be chatting with Phil Taylor. He's the owner and founder of DPC Converters, and we're going to be asking him about what the early days of racing were like, how he got started, you know, what truck was the kind of first one that got him into the motorsports side, and then how DPC Converters came to be and some of the challenges that he's seeing with some of the new transmissions and and things customers ask him and just the way he's able to offer a complete torque converter lineup for individual truck owners, transmission rebuilders, to be able to accommodate different power level and uses. Before we get to the podcast, though, we want to encourage you guys to go to dieselworldmag.com. Make sure you check out what Diesel World is covering. There's tons of things that are going on this fall and winter, whether it's SEMA, um, races, new product releases, tons of different things. If you see a magazine in the store, pick it up, or just go to dieselworldmag.com, bookmark the page. They update it all the time, and that's one of our favorite resources for being able to find out what's going on in the diesel community, diesel racing, with products, trends, really anything diesel-related. That's where we're going. Also, we want to encourage you guys to check out Alligator Performance. If you use Podcast 5 at checkout, you get 5% off your order. There are some restrictions that apply based on map pricing policy. But if you have any questions, just give the guys a call, or you can chat in on the website. Just go to alligatorperformance.com. All right, let's get to the podcast with Phil Taylor, learn more about DPC converters and how he got started in diesel racing. Phil, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. I know a lot of our listeners and myself, we've known about your your role in motorsports and the diesel performance industry, and we're excited to chat with you today. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, Patrick. I wanted to start for, say, some of our new listeners or people who are just getting into diesels is have you give us a little bit of background on yourself in, in motorsports and racing and with parts and just how you got into the diesel diesel performance side. Well, I actually got into diesel motorsports before I got into the diesel industry as far as, you know, making my living. You know, I started off like everybody else. I had a, I've had a couple of older, early, early diesel pickup trucks, the old Ford IDI, the old 6.2 Chevrolet or whatever they were, just absolute piles, but... I got me a 94 Dodge back in 95 and was using it to work with and uh, wound up getting an upgrade done on it and got bit. Um, just continued to build on and build on that truck. And, you know, I would work it Monday through Friday, pulling equipment, uh, trailers, whatnot, and then would started doing a little drag racing. It took a little coaxing to get me into drag racing because I didn't want to tear up the vehicle that I used to make my living with. Well, the first time I did it, I think it was, uh, uh, the truck made 470 horsepower, the little HX35 hated life. And we went and ran it, and it ran a, I don't know, a mid-13, something like that. Kept driving it, wound up with some engine problems, and put an engine in it, and we did some marine pistons and injector upgrades and a HTT 64-millimeter turbo, which that was some cutting-edge stuff back in the day. 
the truck made 600 horsepower, and we started racing, and it just started snowballing from there. Then I wound up getting a pro street truck, and we used it to campaign the business. We drug it all over the country there for a while. Um, won Shide three years in a row, won TS a couple of years in a row. Uh, Dennis Perry taunts me as the winningest pro street racer in diesel motorsports history, which I don't know that I agree with that, but um, we, we definitely have won our share of races and had a great time. One of the things that I always love you know, chatting with people about, especially that have been around you know, racing or the industry for a long time, is what trucks started it for them. And I think that the 12 valve, it's a common theme we've gotten is that that's really the truck that created so much potential upside to being able to race and have fun with and you know take to take to the track that it, it, it almost... It, just forced everything forward in a way to where we are now and some of the, the times and power levels that we see and, and pretty much all the brands now they have, you know, a solid platform to build from. But I really think that, you know, 94, 98, 12 valve was, was probably the most common truck where we, when we talk to guests, they say, Hey, that's what I got. And, you know, I started getting into air and fuel and then transmissions and suspension. And the next thing you know, I've got a full blown race truck. Exactly, and you know, it, it just it starts so slowly, which back in the beginning of this stuff, you didn't have all the parts that you have now, you know. You could get some 370 marine injectors, turbochargers, <clears throat> you know, if you had an HX40 and a 3B, that was a hot rod set of twins. You didn't have all of these camshafts available that you have and, and everything like that. I mean, a, a lot of the stuff that we did, we would go to the big tr- truck junkyard and look around for turbochargers. Um, and... Also, people don't realize how long it took to make the 47 hold 300, 400 horsepower. You know, it took a long time. Those transmissions were just garbage, and it took a lot of people a lot of time to get them to where they uh, they would hold the power. That was a big hurdle then. Um, bigger turbochargers, the, there weren't people out there doing torque converters as loose and as many players in the game then, and you know, they'd have a hard time getting turbochargers lit, and it would cause failures in transmissions and everything. And it just, like I say, it just pushed everything forward. Um, these these guys just coming out with parts left and right. But then when the common rail hit the scene, that's really when it took off. I mean, those things are they're a heck of a platform to work with. You're correct. Would you say that's the biggest difference between the early days and now? Well, maybe two differences. Is one is the access to parts, and then two is the common rail injection system and the say precision or the ease that you know you could make power and keep it streetable that's the major advantage of the common rail i still will stand here and say you can make more power with a mechanical engine i mean most everybody will agree that point but it's unusable power you know you can't you're out here drag racing in today's world with a mechanical engine, you have a single wet injection event at a set timing. If you're out there trying to light these gargantuan turbochargers at 43 degrees of time and you're sitting there slobbering and puking trying to get on top of the charger, the guy with the common rail, he rolls up, he's got his timing down, everything, he's right up on top of his charger, he rolls out according to his tune, and then at the end of the track, he's at 43 degrees of timing right there with us. And uh, that's that's what makes them so so tunable, you know, and the, the old mechanical guys... There, there's still some tunability there with some wastegates and things, but there's just not really anybody playing with them anymore. Uh, most of us older guys have determined that that's a, a young man's game. <laughs> well, it's so easy with the common rail 
stuff and the, the the platforms that are out there to you know dial in the the programming on the you know the five nines and and get them to where you know you see a truck roll up to the track go out there run really great times and then it airs up the tires and goes home and and I think that's one of the one of the major kind of allures of getting into diesel performances it does everything you can you know daily drive it maybe even hook a trailer to it and then go race have fun and uh you know just kind of have an all-round vehicle but i wanted to ask you so you know with with the passion for motorsports racing you know getting into the 12 valve how did dpc converters come to be well i like a lot of people in this industry we i was i didn't grow up in it and I had a, a good friend that had a diesel shop. He was doing transmissions, and uh, his torque converter supplier was trying to get him to build his own torque converters. And as like I said, this was back in the construction crash, and we, I wasn't really doing anything. And I was looking for something to do, and this opportunity came about. You know, he says, well, you buy this converter shop, and we'll teach you how to build converters. And I had some customers lined up. I'm like, okay, you know, this this sounds like a good gig, so I buy the shop, I go and I get trained at uh, Precision, uh, spend my time there, and then move down into his shop and start building converters. And, you know, basically it was, most of them were for him, and then I had two or three other little shops that we, we dealt with. And when uh, that ended and I moved into my own thing, that's when it really exploded. We moved into our own facility doing our own thing, and we got a lot of customers. We've had a lot of good people stand behind us. Um, you know, in the very early days, it was a heck of a learning curve trying to figure out stuff, and uh, we we got it figured out. And like I said, we just had some great customers. Our, anybody's torque converter is only as good as the transmission that it goes in. So uh, we've been fortunate to have some very good transmission builders that have used our product. And then, you know, drag racing the way we did that's how we promoted it that's how we met so many other people and it just snowballed and something that turned into oh i'll just do this for a little while is you know what we do every day and i don't look back and have any regrets that i'm not doing what i used to do because uh, it's a it's a great industry great people and you know so it's, it's a lot of fun too i remember one time i was doing some research and i came across some old really old forum posts i don't remember the exact year but it was a long time ago and I wanted to ask you what it was like going from, you know, say, you know, factory single disc. I think there were aftermarket single disc, then dual, then triple, and we're up to quad disc now. Is how would how'd that process kind of unfold between adding multiple clutches and, and just being able to build a stronger torque converter? Well, it's basically out of necessity. Um, you can't put but so many clutches in there. You start having drag problems and, and everything in there. And, you know, like our quad disc converter, we call it the, the biggest advantage it has is it has a big floater plate in it. It has a big lockup piston in it, and it can deal with the heat better. It's not that it really has any more holding or any more clutch area than the standard triple disc does. It has some, but not an astronomical amount. But it's the ability to deal with heat. You up here trying to get these turbos lit, those converters are getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And the clutch pack in a transmission, uh, the, the tranny guys know, you take the snap ring out if it's been too hot, it jumps up, there's no clutch clearance in it. The same thing happens in the converter. When it gets hot, you take all the clutch clearance out, the converter starts to drag, it seems like it's getting hotter, they can't get on top of turbochargers, it continues, and it's just a slow death for everything involved. So, you know, part of it was the necessity with that, but, I mean, as far as, like, your standard triple disc and everything, you know, 
no one can defy physics. One clutch is only going to hold so much torque. That's what kills these things. It's not the horsepower. And um, just as the the torque came up, you know, we just had to start adding more clutches into it to where it would hold it. I know with you know, racing and thinking about big power, you know, we think of billet shafts and upgraded converters and everything, but really for the guys that are daily driving or especially towing and with heat, I bet that's a major a major issue that is almost different than say, you know, a 1500 horsepower truck is, you know, that's for eight, nine, 10 seconds at a time. But, you know, the guy that's, you got a ton of weight behind him pulling across the country. That's, it's probably a major, there was a major factor as well. in in these multiple disc converters and being able to handle the heat for a long time. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, exactly. And you have a single disc converter that you were trying to tow with that was slipping, it's just going to get hotter and hotter and hotter, you know, going down the interstate. If you're towing, the converter clutch is locked. It, the converter isn't generating the heat like it does when it's driving on the, the fluid side of the converter. It's just like the line that feeds an air compressor from the cylinder head of the compressor. If you touch it, it'll just take your skin off. It is so hot from the friction of the air going, the compressed air going through there. Um, same thing in the torque converter. Those that fluid is getting hotter and hotter as you are driving using the fluid side of the converter. When the converter clutch comes on, it quits driving the truck that way. And that's, it robs line, it robs cooler flow, excuse me, from the transmission because it's having to cool, work harder to keep it cool on the fluid side when the converter clutch comes on and then, excuse me, and uh, but then it robs that flow and boosts the pressure in the transmission to help hold the converter clutch on. So if a converter is working, it doesn't make a difference if it's a stock converter or what it is. Going down the interstate, it's not slipping. It's not going to be generating heat. Now, around town, that's where you see it, especially on these hot summer days when you're looking at, you know, 120-degree, 30-degree uh, asphalt temperature, and you're sitting there in stop-and-go traffic with the thing in gear. It's sitting there moving that fluid the whole time. And, you know, we've naturally tightened the converter up a little bit. And the increased pressure. The increased pressure also helps to make the temperature thing worse. It, it contributes to the temperature coming up on these trans when these guys build them and raise the line pressure up on them so much more from factory. I see a lot of times, or even questions that we see on on uh, social media or that we get, or just being around you know, diesels in general, is it can even be a stock transmission. And you guys will notice the temperatures creeping up or getting higher and it's almost like we band-aid fix it and it's like okay well i need to go with a bigger cooler i need to do this i need to do that when really the source of the heat is going to be coming from yeah stock converter or either you know if, if it's more power than it can handle or you know it's got time and a lot of towing miles on it and it really it doesn't matter how great the the cooler is if if the converter's generating heat the temps are still going to be high and and I think that's, that's something you probably see a lot, you know, being in, in the torque converter industry and building these things for so long is 
how much that can help with heat control. Yes, it does. It does make a difference with with heat control. Those those loose converters, you know, I mean, they're, they're, it's a fluid slip, you know, basically. Um, and the tighter it is, the less slip there is. It's going to it's going to help keep them cooler. We had talked about the forty seven and the forty eight REs a little bit as far as the, the challenge to build those way back when and get them to hold power. But what do you see on the newer transmissions? Say even starting with like the sixty eight RFE and and going to current. Are a lot of the same problems that you saw on the 47 still kind of present as far as, I know they operate differently and there's more electronic controls, but from a hard part standpoint, especially with the converter, what has changed between the older ones and the new transmissions? Well, the, up to the 68, we basically use the same lockup mechanism in the 68 we use in the 48. You know, we use the uh, dampened triple disc lockup mechanism. Well, you move into the... 6R140s, which we'll be releasing our 6R140 here within the next week or so, it's got a captive clutch. It's a whole different thing. It's, it is a, a 4748 is a leaking transmission. The valve body, everything in it, it leaks. I mean, it's just not the best platform on the planet. Well, these captive clutch ones, you know, it's, it's a sealed lockup mechanism that causes it to come on, so you're not going to have all the the leaking and everything in it, and the converters can hold a heck of a lot more power. You know, I hear about the 6R140s. People say that they're good factory up to 600 horsepower. I mean, that's pretty impressive, and that's a heck of a uh, platform to start working with. Um, you know, but like I say, the, the tuning's going to have to come away uh, as far as some of this other stuff goes. You know, we're staring down the barrel of the new transmission going into the GMs. Um, I've heard rumor that they're going to put the same transmission in in the Dodge. I don't know if there's any truth to that. You know how rumors go. But, you know, we'll basically use the same lockup mechanism in every one of them and make them fit that particular vehicle. Uh, they're actually a four-clutch design that, that we've got for the, the 6R, and we'll be using that going forward in the other captive clutch platforms. But um, the, the transmission tuning is really going to have to you know, they're going to have to to get knowledgeable about that. I'm not even aware if there's any tuning for some of the the newer stuff out there, but uh, there's some smart guys out there. It's, it's, it's coming. What's really exciting, I'd say, with the newer trucks is the starting point's different. So say, you know, versus a 94 Dodge or 99 Dodge versus now is – you know, the OEMs have been in this horsepower torque war for quite a while, and it's not going to end. So the starting point's different. So we have, you know, like you mentioned, say a 600-horsepower OEM 6R140. Well, in the aftermarket with its expertise and, and you know, experience and engineering and all those things, it's just like you can have this aftermarket torque converter transmission set up where there, there's so much more power and use that, that the truck owners can't get out of it. And I think that's really exciting versus where it was 15 or 20 years ago. Oh, yes. I mean, it's uh, technology definitely changed. We would love to have something that holds 600 horsepower back in 2000, you know. Um, and as far as that goes, we're just going to kind of have to see where we wind up and what kind of power we're going to be able to get out of these trucks. Um, but, they, you know, they're all moving toward the more gears in there to get the better fuel mileage. Um, the the Allison is supposed to be, a, well, not the Allison, but the GM, if I'm not mistaken, is supposed to be a 10-speed. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what what they'll take and what these guys can come up with as far as a solution. But, you know, if you're dealing with a 600-horse-capable transmission, I mean, 
do a few upgrades to it, like say put a converter in it, change some things in there, make it a little more drivable, and uh, just just see what they'll take. And for our listeners out there that are, yeah, you know, they're kind of in that position where either they've got you know some miles on their truck and and, and they need to get a converter, or they're doing a transmission build, or for somebody that's going into a build, what year range trucks and transmission platforms does DPC Converter specialize in? We have we offer a converter for. All of the Dodges, uh, like I say, all of the Fords, our 6R140 is coming out. We do Allisons from the early five speeds all the way up to the L5P. So, I mean, we cover pretty much about any converter that is on, you know, in any OEM-type vehicle. We, we have different lines, you know, like for the Dodge, we'll start off with the autonomy single-disc converter all the way up to the four-disc fat chef stuff for, for guys racing. And, uh, you know, we try to offer products for the racers, and they understand they're going to have to spend money. And, you know, we try to offer some products for these guys that, you know, they just bump their truck up a little bit. It's a little more than what a, a stock unit will handle and try and sell them something without, you know, it costing an arm and a leg. So we, we try to give everybody a, a lot of options as far as uh, is what they get. You know, we've, we've listened to everybody and, you know, people grumbling about, cost on this or, or things like that. So we've, we've come to the point where we offer some products for people that are a little more budget-minded. But, you know, there are some internal differences. The, you get what you pay for. You're going to get better parts in the more expensive converter. But, you know, we wouldn't put anything out there that was substandard anyway. I think that's probably one of the most common things is whenever you know, we talk about transmission torque converters, the engine, you know, the, the build of the truck, it, is there's tons of questions that truck owners have as far as, you know, which one do I need? Um, you know, what's the best for my application? If, if somebody has questions, what's the best way for them to contact you guys as far as, is it calling in or sending you guys an email or going on social media and, and sending you guys a direct message on there? Actually, the best way to get in touch with me, I'm still a little old school, is to call. If we don't answer the phone, leave us a message. I'm on the phone. I'm not going to cut somebody off to answer the other line. I just think that's rude. So uh, if they'll leave a message on there, um, I will get back with them, or they can go on to the uh, website, dieselperformanceconverters.com, send us an email off of there. Um, they can try the social media thing, and that's kind of a hit or miss. I recommend one of the other two ways, but uh, we, we do – we are trying to keep track of that a little better now. I'm trying to get with the times a little more. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's actually one of my favorite questions to ask when we have a company on because, you know, some, they don't have a phone number, but they're on social media all the time, or it's the opposite. And just knowing how to connect with, with a brand and being able to ask, you know, the questions, especially with torque converters, I think it's probably one of the upgrades that has the most questions around it. Yeah, that and turbos seem to be kind of the two biggest ones and it's just it's it, there's no kind of cut and dry answer really because you know you guys gotta ask well you know what what your truck is it uh, what's done to it how do you use it um what are your plans for it and then building it you know for that application so we definitely encourage people to reach out and, and talk to you one-on-one -on -one because there's so many possibilities depending on the year make model build power level use all those things Yes, exactly. I mean, I've always wanted to talk to the people and uh, figure out exactly what they need. They may think that they know what they need, but, you know, we don't want to send somebody something, even if they made the decision and know that they're going to be unhappy with it when they get it. So I, I ideally like to talk to them. And when you call me on the phone, 
you have my undivided attention or the biggest part, at least until somebody comes and nudges me and says they need something. But if you send me an email or something, I'll get started on it, and I'll get sidetracked, and it may be two or three hours before it even crosses my mind again. So uh, that's really the best way, but we, we try to accommodate everybody. We know that uh, telephones are so 1980s. <laughs> well, it's, it's important because it's not like a turbo on a, on a, on a Cummins where you, know, you reach over the fender and you know, swap it out and you're gonna have to pull the transmission transfer case drive shaft. It's a six to eight hour job to swap something. If you didn't ask questions or didn't, you know, figure out exactly what you need. It's, it's not a quick, easy fix. Exactly. That's what I tell everybody. It is no fun. Let's go on and, and, and send them what they want. And, you know, with the, the turbochargers, really the biggest determining factor trying to figure out what these guys want or, or what these guys need. And, uh, you know, over the course of years of dealing with different turbochargers and turbine sizes and exhaust housings and whatnot. We know what you need if you have the proper tuning. Um, there's there's so many variables that come into making the converter perform. It's a torque converter. You change the torque, the converter's going to act differently. So, uh, But just over the course of trial and error through the years and doing things, we we know what someone needs when they call and tell us they have a 87 turbine 472 on the 59. You know, we, we know which stall they need, providing they have the, you know, good tuning. This was, uh, it was really good to, to chat with you and, and go into kind of some of the details of, of how diesel performance in the diesel industry has, has grown. And I know the racing side is, is something a lot of people are passionate about. And it, it's something that, uh, I know a lot of our listeners have, have, have asked and, and they definitely want to, know more about your experiences with us. We look forward to sitting down again and being able to chat with you, you know, about like what TS was like and some of these other events and, and how you've seen the motorsport side grow and where it's going to go in the future. So we're definitely going to mark that down and, and uh, get some listener questions put together and, and have you know, some racing talk, which is, I think what gets everybody excited, whether we're racing or watching it, it's, it's something that, that brings us in. Uh, it is, and uh, some of the stories that I can tell from back in the days is some of the funniest stuff that has ever happened. I look at look back at some of the things we did, and just think that obviously I didn't have two brain cells to knock together. So uh, we can <laughs> we can get into some of the stuff that we did back in the day, Patrick. It's been it's been great talking to you. Well, we appreciate your time, Phil, and let you get back to it. I'm sure there's a, a long line of people who got some torque converter questions for you, and and uh, need to get their truck set up. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot, Patrick. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to alligatorperformance.com. Use Podcast 5 at checkout for 5% off your order. If there's any questions you have about products, builds, anything like that, just let the guys know. There's a bunch of, bunch of diesel enthusiasts that are at Alligator Performance. Can answer your questions, get your truck running the way that you want. And also go to dieselworldmag.com. Make sure bookmark the page. Pick up an issue in a store. There's tons of great information that you can get about builds, ideas for projects, if you're doing a restoration or looking for the best parts for your truck. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.